All right. Welcome, everybody. We are going to try something slightly new tonight. Um, As we were discussing with our producers this week, we thought it was probably a good time to do a bit of a a small, short origin episode, if you will, give you all a little bit of backgrounds and just basic background about us and about the podcast and maybe where we're hoping to go with it. So I'm going to lead us through these uh, producer approved questions. How's that? (laughs) And by producers, you may be thinking this is a very high tech situation. We're talking about our wives talking to us over Mexican with the kids throwing nachos and salsa back and forth across the table to each other, just so you don't yeah. take us too seriously. <laughs> which, which which will become clear as we as we talk about the origins of this podcast. All right, we're going to start real simple. We're going to just tell you a little bit about us individually. Uh, I will I will let Chris do the honors. Chris, what do you, what do you want to share with our our listeners in this? beginning in these beginning stages about you, who you are and all that good stuff. I am a former priest, Roman Catholic priest, and I'll leave the diocese out for now. Something's just telling me to do that because I don't want to get this thing shut down before it gets rolling (laughs) (laughs) because sometimes that happens. Uh, But anyway, I was born and raised on the East coast and my uh, mom's side of the family is from Indiana. And so love the Indiana life, uh, Spent a lot of summers out working for my uncle farm, and so I decided to move to Indiana full time in 1999, and worked for a couple of years, and then ended up uh, going to the seminary and being ordained a priest in 2005, and that's where the story really gets awesome, and then crushing. <laughs> so, and that's kind of the way life goes for all of us, not just those of us who were former priests. And uh, so some amazing things the Lord did uh, through my priesthood and the priesthood of others, as well as those to whom we ministered. Uh, But uh, after seven and a half years, the pressure had become extremely uh, punishing. Let's call it that way. And uh, yeah, I just burnt out. I had a a pretty good uh, separation there of my mind, my will, and just really felt myself getting pulled apart and getting pulled into a very dark place. So my bishop was good enough to give me some time to heal up. And uh, in that four years, or I'm sorry, four years, <laughs> it felt like four years, four months of uh, six days a week therapy, uh, I was able to get to a much healthier place and discerned that the priesthood was not going to be something I was going to be able to return to. And wasn't even sure if originally I had been called there to begin with or I'd been groomed into that position. So I don't pretend to know what the Lord wants anymore. I just try to follow him the best I can. And so my life took that 90 degree turn, ended up getting married after my, uh, let's call it unofficially an annulment from the church. But the official word is a rescript where some cardinals get together over in Rome and they get to the Pope and you get a little letter after exhaustive questionnaires and two years of deliberations uh, where I was released from my vows and given the church's blessing to get married in the church. So that's what we did and have two stepdaughters and a son of my own now. And he is now five and I am recognizing day by day that props to the married people, because this is a much harder life than priesthood (laughs) ever was. When they say that the catechism talks about your spouse 
you know, it's responsible for you getting you to heaven. The sacrament of matrimony is what helps us get to heaven. They're not kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I could absolutely. not get there on my own without my wife. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, what about I, you, I, Jason? <laughs> so I am Mr. the atheist. Uh, so, but yeah, that's right. So by process of elimination, uh, I am the former atheist from our show description. And uh, I was also born on the East Coast, uh, but moved to Indiana in kindergarten. So Chris and I share that uh, we're East Coast born. Uh, which is kind of cool, I think. Both New York Mets fans. Let's go, Mets. New York Mets fans. <laughs> That's right. And um, I was baptized uh, Methodist, but not really raised in the faith and, and quite frankly, raised uh, in a very secular way. And um, faith was not a, a part of our life. Um, had good parents, uh, two brothers, one one twin brother, older brother. Uh, pretty decent family. I mean, uh, parents loved us and then all those kinds of things. But um, I think one significant thing I think that is probably fair to share at this point is that, you know, lost we lost uh, my mom when I was 11 uh, to cancer. And so then that that kind of obviously shuffles things around in, in life. And uh, certainly at that young age leads me to to question a lot of things and and uh, was probably a pivotal point in in, in questioning that. Um, so, going through that process and and those experiences uh, kind of led me to to really doubt a lot of things, obviously, and uh, just uh, kind of went through that and 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 didn't really lean on anything. Um, so, as we grew up uh, as young men, my father eventually remarried, and uh, we were raised very secularly. Um, uh, best they could, I, I think, when, when you don't have God in the picture. So definitely no ill wills or anything like that. But um, to me, that that led to probably low expectations in terms of, of who we were to become as men. Uh, and this is all coming from hindsight now. So, um, but, but like you were mentioning, I mean, God works in some some pretty amazing ways. And, and so uh, I think a very pivotal point in my life was was meeting my wife, Corinne, uh, at the very end stages uh, of my college career. We both met at college, and um, she is a cradle Catholic, and I was nothing. So it was important to her that we raised our family in the faith. And so I said, well, I've got no dog in this hunt, and I have no major, major uh, problems with the Catholic Church, but I, I certainly had doubts and questions and didn't really take it very seriously. So we we spent uh, the first 10 years of our marriage in that set setting where she was the cradle Catholic and, and I was the, the husband that would show up and, and do my thing at mass and really not pay attention and, and kind of move on. Um, about that nine year point in our marriage, things uh, certainly started changing uh, in a lot of ways and, and we won't get into a ton of details, but um, so things were, 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 difficult in marriage for us. Um, faith was not a, a central part to either one of our lives individually, or certainly not a, a, a central part to our, our, our family. And so started experiencing problems. Um, at the same time, my kids are asking me a bunch of questions as to why I'm not going up for communion and all these kinds of things. And so, as I've shared before, I'm a truth seeker and I, um, at that point started where I was. So I'm going to ask a whole bunch of questions in this, this church that I'm at um, and figured I'd poke a whole bunch of holes in this Catholic thing and then find the real truth. That was my attitude. <laughs> and here I am uh, a long time later as a, a very devout 
uh, Catholic and, and there was a young priest um, that was very pivotal. Uh, I wouldn't say young because we were the same age um, at the time, very pivotal in, in, in that process. And, and uh, Chris is, was that, was that guy. Um, and so it leads us to the other question is, is um, how we start our friendship. And that was the, the first part of it, but I'll kind of wrap up my story, but um and again, many, many details can go into this and there's some amazing stories that maybe we'll share down the road, but, um, in that whole phase of questioning and trying to figure out life and all these things there, you know, I went through a very deep conversion. Uh, my wife independently went through uh, her own reconversion. And, uh, we, we always say to people, we've, we've got two marriages, the, the, the first half and then what's happening now, um, very different. Uh, when when we actually involve that third person in our marriage and that third person being God. And so very blessed to have the grace to realize that. And and she's now my best friend and we're super close. And we've got three kids, uh, 22, almost 22 year old son and almost 19 year old daughter. And then Nora, our daughter, who is six years old. So uh, that's us. That's me. That's, that's the Jason side, I guess. But um <laughs> But I alluded, yeah. I alluded to where we first met as friends. Um, and, yeah, so let's, was, let's go backwards since we finished right there. So okay, the, yeah. here's the commonalities, right? We're, right. We'll start at the beginning where we were both born and raised on the East Coast, both Mets fans. Mm-hmm. But then uh, here we are, you know, in 2022, all these years later, uh, and both had three kids and our two youngest are very close in age, but we're also uh, the two oldest. Mm. On both of our sides are staggered, and so also close in age, and you used to play together as kids. Believe that's it or right. not, that's right. That's uh, right. I think I gave at least three of them their first communions, maybe four. No, just three. <laughs> so uh, we, uh, you know, ended up um, reengaging uh, in friendship after that period of time that went by when uh, I had left the priesthood and basically just had to really unplug from the world, from my ministry, from some very good people who were legitimately concerned about me and some people who maybe weren't as concerned and just wanted to find out what all the gossip about was about. And I uh, took that time away. And unfortunately, I can say that word, unfortunately, took that time away from Jason and Corinne and we lost 10 years. And lo and behold, we ran into each other exactly one week after Corinne had texted my wife, Jen, just to say hello. And they te- texted back and forth, made no plans, just touched base after 10 years. And then we ran e- into each other at the 4th of July celebrations in town. And how many months after that did you guys move to Carmel? It was like just a two or three, I think. Yeah. Uh, okay. Maybe three or four. It's hard to tell. It was a crazy summer. <laughs> yeah. So they just had plans of moving to the same town. I don't even know if you guys knew we were there, but uh, obviously there was a plan for us to uh, re-engage. And, you know, if we had stopped for one more bag of caramel corn or if we had gotten one more slushy, That's uh, right. we would have missed each other. And the exact timing worked out. So we have called it our 10-year reunion <laughs> And it's been great. Yeah, absolutely. good enough to start a podcast on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it's it's fascinating. We were talking about this last week. So our families uh, now will will 
uh, really get together and, and celebrate Sabbath together uh, mm-hmm. as much as we can on, on Sundays. And we, we have long, long meals together, we'll say. Um, and so I've gotten a chance to, to really uh, re- reconvene the friendship. And I think in that convert in that process, um, I, I, you know, it, it's been organic, but I think at some point, um, Jen or Corinne or both were like, Hey, you know, we talk about these things, whether it be scriptural readings or other things happening on the culture. And that, you know, they were, they started encourage us that you two should to do a podcast. It's fun to listen to when the two of you start getting into these conversations. And, and we, I think both kind of, oh, okay, that's nice to say. And I think after yeah. a couple more suggestions, we, we gave it a shot. So here we are. <laughs> and the naming was a pretty uh, elongated period of time trying to figure out the right name for it. And uh, I was the, the one that was a stick in the mud. I couldn't quite get past the suggestions the others were making and, and they were being very patient with me, but uh, eventually um, I think it was my wife who kind of brought in all of the ideas into one and decided that we would propose sheep out of water to one another and see kind of where we went from there. And that kind of really hit home. It, it encompassed everything. Each of us was kind of really, Oh, I guess recognizing the Lord calling us to, you know, in this podcast. And that is just to say that, you know, the normal thing is fish out of water and the fish out of water flop around and they have no direction and they're panicked and they have nothing more than they just want to be back in the water and they can't breathe and uh, will eventually die without getting back into the environment which they were created for. But we also wanted to encompass the fact that the Lord is our shepherd and we are his flock, uh, that we are not just blind, dumb sheep following the shepherd, but we are shepherd, uh, sheep who listen for our shepherd's voice and try to discern that in the midst of our current world and our lives and all of the wolves that have dressed themselves up as sheep uh, and tried to mislead the flock. And so being able to really, the four of us together every Sabbath, uh, you know, share a meal together, pray together, spend time in real life talking about the challenges of life together and trying to understand, is the shepherd calling me to this or, you know, as a sheep, I definitely ran for that open gate. I wanted nothing to do. I didn't want to hear the other sheep. I didn't want to hear the shepherd. I just want to run because I was having a bad week. Uh, <laughs> but it was the other sheep who called me back and the shepherd who took me on his shoulders when I got lost. So we thought that's pretty fitting. We're sheep. We're out of water. We're in this life. We're in the world, but not of the world. And so we're sheep out of water looking for our shepherd's voice to give us that oxygen, to give us uh, life so that we're not panicked and flopping around throughout this life, but we have the purpose that he's called us to. Yeah, absolutely. And the name resonated for me uh, for all those reasons, but, but also uh, this idea of pursuing truth is, you know, I keep saying I'm a truth follower, seeker, all those kinds of things, but um, it's an, it's, it's, (laughs) It's it's a tough thing. I mean, it's it's kind of messy, and and mm-hmm. you feel out of place when you're searching for it, right? And so that's part of that sheep out of water piece to me as well. As we, you know, I think that one of our intent is that we're we're pursuing God's truth, this eternal truth, and it's not ours. And and we're we're going to be maybe on the right path sometimes as we talk, 
And we recognize we're going to be pulled away maybe from truth too, but that's part of the process. Um, so it's, it's kind of uncomfortable. We're going to be out of water a little bit, uh, out of the world, but uh, I think what we're committing to do is, is to keep pursuing this and, and give you a glimpse of, of, of that process. And, and, um, that's, that's, it's part of it to me as well. Yeah. Yeah. So the other, other piece we were talking about too is, and, and maybe we can get Chris to do this at some point. So, um, Chris, uh, as, as I've come to learn, uh, in our friendship is, is, uh, he, he has this line that he sometimes crosses and, and, um, <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of fun when it happens. Um, and I think that's part of it too, is we may go out, we may cross some lines, not intentionally, but the idea is to be bold in what we're doing and to be honest. And, and so, um, you kind of pick on Chris a little bit with that, but, but our hope is that, Hey, we're going to share unfiltered views and unfiltered thoughts and maybe even un completely not thought through thoughts and those kinds of things, but just, just understand that part of it in, in that, um, you know, hopefully that'll be fun and hopefully get you to think and who, whatever the Holy spirit wants to do with it, I guess. But, but that's part of it too, is hopefully we'll challenge each other and, and challenge, uh, whoever's listening to, to, to really think on their own and, and see where those, the things that we talk about land. Yeah. That's, that's a really good description. I think of, of how we're going about this is not to offend anybody, but it's also not to give you a nice little pat on the back when you're throwing yourself into sin, because it's not what either of us do. It's not what our wives do. It's not what we teach our kids to, to do is to, to just be comfortable in sin and to be comfortable in lies, but to seek the eternal truth in all things. And, you know, as a priest, I, I, I don't know, you could say better than I can, Jason, but maybe, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I was not a politically correct priest, but I also had a lot of rules to follow. And I always had to remember, especially as a pastor, that our church was tax exempt. And if there were certain lines that were crossed, especially publicly and recorded, that the church could lose its tax exempt status and all those kind of business app implications. But we're not necessarily speaking for the church and we're not tax exempt and we are not in the church. I'm no longer a priest. And so we can say whatever the damn when we want to, <laughs> <laughs> which isn't true because obviously we do care about you and we care about each other and don't want to drive you away from the faith. We want to pull you in just as we ourselves are seeking to be pulled in. Yeah. But Jesus certainly was not soft, and I don't want to hear anybody ever comment about how Jesus was so loving and caring and never said a thing to hurt anybody. Because you just go to the scripture and you listen to how he talked to those Pharisees, calling them a bunch of whitewashed tombs, clean on the <laughs> outside and dirty, rotten, smelling flesh on the inside. That would hurt my feelings if the Lord of all creation spoke to me that way. So. Yeah. Don't worry. I, I think, I think well, we're going to have two ties into it ties into our name a little bit for the podcast. And, and that, you know, I think maybe, and I had this thought when I wasn't a believer that, that, you know, Christians especially were these, these just unrealistic, soft, you know, didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Everything was, you know, peace, love, joy, all that kind of stuff. And, and there's certainly great beauty and peace and joy in being a Christian mm-hmm. at times, but, um, what I've come to learn in, in, in the process is that that's just a part of things sometimes. And sometimes things are messy and sometimes things are, are bold. And, and I've come to 
maybe I'll put it in this context. So getting to know Chris as a friend, uh, when we, when we first met, you know, uh, getting to see how he experienced being a priest and he was, he did a great job of not sharing things he shouldn't, not, not bad mouthing anybody, but you, you, you just being around them, you get to see how people would interact with the the pastor, the priest. And, um, it, it was interesting. Um, you know, the, you get people who are upset because, uh, and this isn't just for him, but all that, you know, that, 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 that homily was, was, it, it didn't speak to me. It didn't make me feel good. It didn't, you know, that was too, too scary, too dark. Well, the truth is can be scary and dark sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you've got to see the whole picture. And, and sometimes people are one afraid to look at the real truth. Um, and two, they don't want to be confronted. So they just want to, you know, this idea of going to, to church to feel good. Uh, that's not us. That's not, no. Uh, no, that's not how we look at it. And, and we, we, we have, I think a deep love for, for mother church and deep love for Christ. And, and um, I think we're doing him a, a disservice if that's the message that we send. Are those, are those moments there? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And they're amazing. Um you know, we get Chris to cry once a week, I think, in, in those moments. But I'm just, I'm, I'm That's just because you see me once a week. It's usually every day. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, but hopefully that comes out in, in, in what we're talking about and what we're sharing is is sometimes those harsh realities, and, and but also the beauty as well. And, and it, it's it's these, this dichotomy, right, um, of both. And there's a balance to it. And, and, and hopefully we'll that'll come out what we talk about. Yeah. And, and I don't, you know, in case you're starting to get a little bit uh, worried about what the heck we're talking about, and <laughs> they're getting kind of deep and philosophical here. Let me break it down for you. It's parenting. I didn't know that as a priest, because I, you know, saw everybody come in on Sundays, everybody's on their best behavior. And the only time I saw people outside, you know, was usually in the hospital or in a crisis situation or whatever it might be. The one thing that I never could quite understand was when parents would say, you better behave or you're going to have to talk to Father Weldon. Why are you putting me in the bad spot? (laughs) But I had no clue what it was like to be a dad and to be a husband and a family man and a son and a brother, you know, of of my fellow Christians seeking out our Lord Jesus Christ uh, until I got married and had my own family. So what Jason and I are saying is the way we're running this podcast is a lot like any one of us in our families. There's going to be some very tender moments because that's how God is with us. And then there's going to be some moments where it just kind of stinks to hear the truth and know that you're caught up in something you shouldn't be caught up in just some, like sometimes we are. And as dads, we're not going to just tell our kids, yeah, it's okay. Just keep playing in that trash compactor. I'm sure that that, Not trash compactor. What do you call is that? What Luke does on a regular basis. He plays no, with trash compactors. Yeah, thankfully he's not tall enough. <laughs> what do you call those things that didn't sink the, you the know, garbage you disposal? The disposal. Yeah, go ahead and play with those blades down there. I'm sure that that switch won't <laughs> accidentally get turned on. Or no, I'm going to tell you to get your hand out of there and don't do that again because it's a really bad idea. And here's what's going to happen to you. And then other times, talk about our tender love for our kids and our wives and. This is how the Lord talks to us. So take all the philosophy, grind it right down to that beautiful cup of espresso. Amen.
Amen. What a great way to, to summarize it. Hey, where do, do we know where this is going as far as what we're going to be talking about it now? I mean, I, I think we're certainly using scripture every week to, to lead the charge, but, you know, we hope to talk about other things as well that, 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 that come into play, but uh, it'll be a fun journey to see where this goes. And we, we hope you, you, you join us for it and you share it with people and all that good stuff, but it, we're, we're going to just going to go where this, this, the Holy spirit takes this. So we're, we're kind of excited to see what happens with it, frankly. So anything Jason, else you want to edit, you'll probably edit out all my bad words and that's probably a good thing, but I, I don't know. It, we're early in the stages. <laughs> I have yet to figure out how to do that. So um, we may have to leave that one in. I don't know, but or leave those in. So we'll see how it goes, <laughs> but we're, we're glad you're with us and, and, Hang on for a fun ride. It should be interesting, we hope. So we're having a lot of fun doing it. We hope you have a lot of fun listening. Mm-hmm.